welcome to the third episode of the Ladies of Light podcast with your hosts, Samantha and... And Kat. We're excited to be here, and today we are talking all about digital awareness, and I know, Kat, you love this topic. <laughs> this is one of my favorite it's topics. So, it's so important. Yeah. This is happening right now. So, a good question to ask yourself is, are you on 24-7? And technology and media are dominating our lives like never before and we are feeling like we're drowning under you know electronic avalanche of incoming calls emails text messages I know my phone is constantly going off with and it's just really distracting sometimes Um, and we're struggling with the effects of this continuous stimulation and we need to become more aware of the impact that it's making on our lives yeah, so for sure. So um, a lot of the information we're going to be providing you today has been picked up from a book that I actually read. It's called Unplugged, How to Live Mindfully in a Digital World. Um, so keep in mind, this book was actually written in 2014. I can't believe it because it's so... Yeah, you know. so it's been a long time coming and I feel like these um, issues, this, these growing issues have even... Um, become more predominant in today's world. So um, definitely want to go into a lot of um, different little subtopics on the topic and then um, just kind of ways you can work around that. So So first we're going to go over the 12 signs of digital overload. And as I was looking through these, I'm like, wow, I do some of them, especially the first one. So the first one is checking your phone or your devices first thing in the morning. So we talked about that on the previous episode, how horrible it is. Yeah. And checking your phone in the middle of the night. And I am really guilty of that. Yeah. So that's um, a big one because, you know, while you're going to bed, um, your bed is really supposed to be just, you know, designated for sleep. But a lot of times when we're bringing our phone to bed with us, again, we're inviting that outer world in. And, you know, if you wake up in the middle of the night and you check your phone, it's going to be that much harder for you to Mm -hmm. fall back to bed. Yes. Yeah, because I feel like your um, your melatonin, as soon as you see light, I was reading this study, I think it was last week, and as soon as you see light, it kills yeah. your melatonin and it, you're just wide awake. And yeah. then it's so hard for you to gain that melatonin Rustless back. Sleep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. All right, so the second one is slipping away from activities with people to check emails and social social media networks like Instagram, Facebook, yeah. you know, LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And think about how many times people do that these days. Like mm-hmm. you see people out in restaurants or in parties just on their phones and just scrolling. And it's mm-hmm. like instead of being present with the people around them, um, they're It's like kind there's of... a human life in front of you and you're more attached to your phone yeah I see, I see it yeah. I see so many couples at restaurants and that's the third one too like checking your smartphone during meals with others mm-hmm. I feel like they're just sitting there on their phones yeah or they're you know um even if it's like a family of people you know mm-hmm. distracting the kids with the device then the parents are on the device and um all around it's just not good it's just kind of creating this barrier of communication with our like humankind so mm-hmm. And that's what we crave, though, that human connection, but we use our devices to kind of, like, divide us from it. Yeah. As a security for some reason. Yeah. 
and it's kind of makes you when and then again when you're getting that digital connection you feel like you're being connected but you're not truly being connected mm -hmm. it's just not human nature you're right so, so when I was reading the fourth one I was <laughs> I was dying because <laughs> so it's bumping into someone while looking down at your smartphone and I've never personally done this but I've I was done actually, that <laughs> I've definitely done that before <laughs> I was on a hike and I was running back I was ready to go to my car and this woman just like is on her phone and she's heading straight yeah. for me I had to like jump out of the way because oh she was gonna gosh. hit me I'm like yeah she's like I'm, I'm so sorry but she yeah I've actually at me. work I've seen that happen a lot with um older like teens they I'll be trying to get their weight on the scale and they'll just be looking down and they just pass the scale completely when I told them it was like right there wow. <laughs> so it's not bumping into someone but just like not paying attention mm -hmm. to your surroundings because you're so with yeah, your that's head a big down one. that's yeah. a huge one okay so number five is spending little time outside and rarely taking breaks and eating at your desk so this one refers more so to like people that work with technology Mm -hmm. you know you're working at a computer or you're on your phone um, a lot of people just don't even take a break they go through their entire work shift without getting up from their desk and it's so bad for your yeah, mind it's horrible definitely okay number six is finding it hard to complete a task without having to frequently check your emails yeah so that again goes mm -hmm. back to work but it also just refers to like the cell phone in general so I know we talked a little bit about monotasking in our last episode and um you know how dis easily uh the phone can be a distraction too like it just makes simple tasks become so much longer for you mm -hmm. and um drawn out versus being able to just accomplish one thing yeah. like so very very true and so the next one is getting distracted easily even when offline and finding it hard to switch off from multitasking mode like you were saying before yeah like just to go from multitasking to yeah. single tasking and we learned that only two percent of the population is actually able to multitask right and also a small percentage so there's a huge part of the book on this too um with like it was called um i think dual screening or anything it's it was like basically so not only are we multitasking with our phone and like everything around us but also a lot of times what people do is they'll sit in front of the television with their phones mm -hmm. so you're constantly like bombarding your brain you're looking up at your phone or down at your phone up at the tv down mm -hmm. at your phone and it almost just kind of um numbs your brain because you're not being able to focus on one thing at a time so you're creating like this stimuli in your neural networks where you're actually not able to focus mm -hmm. it's crazy yeah. yeah i see that happening with you know my students all the time mm -hmm. they're not able to focus for a long period of time, maybe five, 10 minutes, they, they just get so distracted. Yeah. It's really, sad. it's really insane. <laughs> yes. So number eight is spending little time with friends face to face, choosing to text or FaceTime instead of, you know, being near each other and being yeah. in that community, that yeah. space with them. And, you know, I mean, I get like, our world now today like things get busy so you know facetime is better than nothing especially with yeah. covid though that really yeah you know. for sure that made the the world definitely a lot different um this one in general i also like to bring up like just adolescence i feel like um as kids are growing up with these digital devices though it also like i've become aware like people like you like teachers have told me like instead of um 
you know, kids talking to each other, they'd literally rather sit next to each other yeah. and text each other. And yeah. it's just crazy. I'm like, what? That's not normal. Communication is just like completely And that's a huge asset apart. to have yeah. to be able to make that, you know, connection. Human connection. Exactly. It's mm-hmm. a big one. Um, being, so number nine is being with family members, but spending most time in separate rooms and indulging in different screen types. And yeah. I, I, I do see that a lot where, yeah. and I think it's just become more and more of like the norm where, you know, the teenager will walk, lock themselves away in the, the room, yeah. either watching the TV mm-hmm. or watching, you know, um, are, you know, being on their phone or even just kids, you know, putting a movie on for them. But it's just really important to set aside time to actually spend time as a family exactly. as a, and, you know, mm-hmm. maybe put those devices away where you guys can enjoy each other's company. Yeah, I love that one. And 11 too. So going online or using your digital device to avoid unpleasant emotions or tasks. And mm-hmm. it's just it, it distracts you from your feelings and sitting with them. And yeah. it's just like you keep repeating that same cycle if you're yeah. not willing to break it. So um, during the pandemic, I did some therapy um, with, you know, like a counselor. And she actually pointed that out to me that she said that I was like, I don't know. I've been on my phone a lot. Like, you know, and there was these emotions coming up for me from like holidays, just mm-hmm. from like repetitive patterns I had with family. And she was telling me, she was like, you know, you're using your phone to dissociate and like kind of neglect the emotions that are coming up for you and I was like oh I I definitely am doing that but then you know it's really important to actually sit down and like you know I that I started getting in the habit of feeling those emotions journaling Mm -hmm. those emotions and being able to release them versus just trying to numb them with something else it's definitely an addiction too Mm -hmm. just like alcohol yeah. Drugs. Um, I think we skipped 10 too. So that's frequently using a digital device to entertain a child yeah. instead of singing, playing, or reading to them. So I know um, a lot of people these days, you know, they get overwhelmed with being a parent and it's so easy to just hand over that yeah. digital device, but you know, you're kind of enabling that addiction mm-hmm. long-term and the kids start to get more irritable. Yeah, and it burns out your receptors in your brain. Yeah. yeah. So they get more addicted to it. They get more irritable and then it becomes this addiction. And, um, unfortunately, you know, you really need to make time to like spend time with them, just playing, singing, and just letting go of your own device, being mm-hmm. in the moment with yeah, them. I feel present. like that's really important. And children don't do as you say, they do what you do so yeah if they're, they're watching you do yeah, it then they're gonna they mimic want you. to exactly mm-hmm. and then number 12 too I find myself doing this quite a bit and I really have to be more mindful and <clears throat> it's wanting to stop using your your smartphone and finding that you just can't stop like people who are on Instagram and Facebook and they're just mindlessly scrolling so yeah. again like we talked about being very intentional about why you're using your phone yeah and I'm gonna go into um at the very end like little um ways of learning how to digitally detox but I'm actually on a digital detox right now yeah so I um posted on my Instagram I wasn't gonna post anything for a little while spiritual maintenance kind of thing and you know I've been off of it for two days now I haven't really been scrolling um been focusing on just tasks that I need to Mm -hmm. do because my work schedule has been really crazy um but just being off of it even just for two days literally has made me feel so much more calm Mm -hmm. just like and more focused it's really weird 
It is really cool. So what can you do? So you can put safety guards in place for social media to alert you of screen time. I think that's really important. Yeah, and actually just start tracking it too. Yeah. So you can go in your phone and look at how much time you spend on each app or how much time you just Which spend on your of, phone in general. Which is kind of scary Oh gosh, yeah. So when um, the pandemic first happened, I had a little bit of an addiction to TikTok. And mm. I remember um, at the time it was my fiance, and now my husband would come home and be like how long have you been on that and I literally didn't even know so I would go in and check and it was like it was bad. astronomical yeah. it was like eight hours and I was like this is not okay yeah, this is not healthy healthy. like I need yes. to learn how to break away from this a little bit but at that time you know it was just there was so much going on in the world I needed a way to dissociate but I'm glad that I have learned better boundaries since then <laughs> Yes. Yeah. And again, it goes back to being intentional and using your time effectively rather than just mindlessly doing something. Yeah. And then, um, so real life conversations are being replaced by impersonal managed communication, Mm -hmm. like emails, texts, and emotion is conveyed by graphic symbols and emojis. So that's a cool one. Cause I just, I, you know, there's so many ways to express your emotions through the digital texting now. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and that's why emojis were created. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that they, can help facilitate that because but there's still like that lack of tone yes, you know it's you, you don't really know yeah. unless you're doing your voice notes right but. exactly and there's been so many times that I've l- read a text message and be like did they mean yes. this way or yeah. are they like being snobby mm-hmm. like I don't know exactly. but you know when you throw that <laughs> that graphic symbol and it does help kind of facilitate emotion but there's still nothing like actually hearing someone's yes, voice and being with them and seeing their facial expressions yeah. is the most important yeah exactly um and then to wrap up that part it's just there's a complex love hate relationship with technology um which comes from the fact that we are both enabled and disabled by it um Mm -hmm. we're able to do things that 10 years ago we would have never thought imaginable um but disabled from doing things that we've been doing for centuries Mm -hmm. um so you know we're engaged in a struggle to find balance between our emotional intelligence and our social development um, in our attempts to keep up with the speed of this new technology, like the and advances, it keeps advancing. yeah, you know, it's, it's like, like advancing quicker than we can keep up with. Yeah. So the imbalance between the digital and the real life, it causes us to feel more anxious and adequate mm-hmm. and ironically isolated. Yeah, it does make you feel really isolated. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, in the book, there's a story about this teacher and, um, he, the, um, the student was really adamant about talking about how when he would go in, I think it was like a guidance counselor or whatever, mm. um, the the teacher would just say, okay, I need a minute before he would actually start the meeting with them. And he would close his laptop. He would, you know, um, pile up his notebooks. He would mm-hmm. put literally everything to the side and then he would go, okay, you have my full attention. Oh, like and it that. just meant so much to that student. Yeah. Um, and that's just how we need to start to learn how to be in yeah, our everyday interactions. Yes. Agreed. So many of us are just constantly distracted and we're just giving each other pieces of ourselves and never being mm-hmm. present in the moment. And that's why, you know, it doesn't matter how long you spend with someone. You could spend eight hours with someone, but if you're not giving them your full attention. Yeah, that energy is basically just wasted. And so if you're with someone for 30 minutes, that can be way more impactful if you don't have your phone and you have that deep connection. Yeah. So yeah, I really do see that for sure. 
Um, so is social media making us depressed? Now, this is a study mm. from, again, this book was published in 2014, but back then they did a study by the University of Michigan observing 82 Facebook users over a 14 period day that um, found that there was a direct correlation between the dime of day they spent on Facebook and the negative impact on their yes. self-esteem. Um, huge impact yeah. on self-esteem your self-efficacy and just the way that you feel yeah because mm -hmm. again you know nowadays everybody's putting out this um you know perfectly curated timeline yes and mm. we're comparing ourselves to it right and then mm. we're at home you know trying to clean our house or if you're a mom you know you might have your hair in a messy Doing bun laundry. You're not, yeah exactly <laughs> and then you're looking at this perfect person on instagram and yes. then you're attacking yourself mm -hmm. you know you really have to learn how to kind of um, you know, still be kind to yourself if you're going mm -hmm. to be looking at that type of content. And if you can't, you know, then take a break from it. Yeah. yeah take a break from yeah. it and just don't look for a while. Exactly. Get yourself feeling right before you can actually go and like consume that type of content mm -hmm. again. Yes. Totally agree with that. All right. And then, um, do you want to go over techno babies? Yes. So Children being born now are increasingly exposed to digital devices like we were talking about before. They are watching what their parents are doing and mm -hmm. they see everyone on their phones and so that's what they're trying to mimic and yeah. recreate too. Yeah, and it's crazy too because now that I work with pediatrics, I see it happening so much younger. I think I had like a one and a half year old like just reaching go grab for the phone. Yeah, reaching mm -hmm. for the phone the other day, yeah. Yeah, so the amount of digital media that toddlers and young infants consume can have long-term effects on the impact and their ability to learn, which I see it with my students, their ability to sustain focus, and on their behavior and ability to acquire, you know, social skills, which yeah. is huge. Yeah, so huge. Social I mean, I play see, is, yeah, yeah a, huge. a lot of teenagers now that are, like, addicted to their phones, like, even when I'm, you know, working in the healthcare field, I just feel like they don't know how to hold a conversation and they don't even know how to make eye contact. Yeah. It's really alarming mm -hmm. for sure. And you have to explicitly teach them to have a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. would do that in my morning circles. And even color recognition and motor skills may be developed through, you know, interactive computer games. But ultimately, these toddlers are missing the valuable experiences of recognizing those forms of colors and forms of the real world real world yeah 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 and it like again it's um, essential to their development yeah essential to their development as, as well as their language skills um in the book according to studies the more a child hears real conversation with eye contact and sentiment their comprehension language skills and vocabulary will mm -hmm. increase so that's yeah, huge that is really big and so five signs your child may be developing technology addictions so the first one is lack of interest in other activities and I see this all the time. Mm -hmm. I'll ask my kids if they want to draw or paint or you know go outside and some of them would rather just stay on their computer mm -hmm. and play computer games and I'm like no because they become so addicting, <laughs> it does. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, number two for that, for five signs, your child may be developing a technology addiction is continuously talking about digital devices. So, mm -hmm. you know, instead of being video able, games, mm -hmm, they always want to talk about the video games or whatever, instead of like what happened in their day, who they mm -hmm. met kind of thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, the third one is frequent mood swings depending on permitted time on a digital device. I see yeah. that a lot. People okay, are yeah. just more irritable. Yeah, so it, it does. It starts to increase their anxiety and their mm-hmm. irritability. And then the more you feed the addiction, the worse it gets. Yeah. So it's just like Goodness, you really got to nip it in the bud. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I do have some friends who limit you know, their screen time, yeah, their yeah. screen time or their phone. They only can do it for an hour at night. Yeah. So I think that really helps. Yeah. And then number four is withdrawal symptoms when their vices are devices are taken away. And that's obviously if they're having an addiction and they want to be on that device, they're mm-hmm. going to scream, they're going to cry. Yeah. You know, you're the worst mommy ever. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, ultimately <laughs> you really have to stay strong and, you know, set the so boundaries. You have to set those boundaries. Mm-hmm. You cannot give in because then trust me as a teacher, I know if you give in once, they yeah. know that they can just go the yeah. extra mile. Yeah. And so, yeah, number five, too, is using devious behavior to obtain screen time. And I see it a lot. Like you were saying, they'll scream and yell and do anything they can. And the, yeah. the parent just hands it over. Yeah. Or, yeah, because they're tired and they're like, oh, yeah, I don't, yeah, don't want to fight this. right now. Yeah. Um, but then they're making it harder for themselves long term, right? And then another thing is if you do take that phone away, it's like I remember watching um, – what was it? The Social Dilemma on Netflix. Yes. Did you remember watching that one? I you did. It? Yeah, I did. So it was that. like there was this scene in there, you know, spoiler alert, where the <laughs> the teenager, you know, the mom takes the phone away and she like locks it in like this glass box because she's so tired of her okay. her yes, teenager being mm-hmm. on the phone all the time. The teenager literally steals the glass box and cracks it yes, open. Yes, I do. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like is <laughs> that she... is devious yeah. behavior. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my Pretty gosh. <laughs> All right. So um, another thing with the kid topics is um, infinity and beyond. You know, once something is shared online, it can often haunt us. Mm -hmm. More and more kids are posting at younger ages and not realizing later down the road, these digital footprints can leave their mark. Um, Jobs can dig up dirt on you, for example, or anyone going on a reality show Mm -hmm. where images um, from the past surface. So this has actually gotten worse over the years. And even for us, like now there's these memes going around like joking about how we used to post like stupid (laughs) Facebook statuses and like now we cringe at them but it does it makes you know all those digital footprints kind of stay in cyberspace cyberspace and then you know you've seen it time and time again where like you know someone goes Mm -hmm. on the bachelorette or whatever and then you know they get far along in it and all of a sudden all this drama from their past starts surfacing and it's like they're just Mm -hmm. digging up anything they can to like try to get you know a media story on this person and it's really kind of super sad so you really want to be aware of what you're posting and if your kids are posting at young ages just try to you know make sure they're um, approve it before they can post anything yeah exactly and this one is a huge topic too so the illusion of perfection (laughs) yeah Yeah. photoshopping filters these days are increasingly shaping the way that you know we feel the need to look in reality and it really shows our flaws and I I do this too like I'll, I'll go on and I'll do a story and I'll I'll yeah. just put a filter I mean, on. It's so much easier mm-hmm. to just put a filter on. But Especially like, if you're not wearing any makeup. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, what it does is it kind of, um, when you take that filter off, and I know me and you both feel this way, any female feels this way, mm-hmm. once you take that filter off, you're like, oh, that's what I look like. Yeah. And you're kind of, like, disappointed. And so you should love what you Yeah, like. exactly. And um, in reality, our flaws are actually what make us human, unique, mm-hmm. and relatable. So we really exactly. need to start loving that. So one of the um 
things that I read in this book that was a way to actually try to combat the self-esteem issue is um, uh, the three good things about my self diary. So Ooh. it will help you create new neural pathways in your brain that encode the habit of thinking positively about yourself and your qualities. So, you know, if and you take the time each day to write three things mm-hmm. that you like about yourself and then keep a record of it, it will actually start to rewire your brain to think more positively about yourself, which and is, also, I thought was really cool. Yes, I do love that. And looking in the mirror and saying, I am positive yeah. statements mm-hmm. really helps build up your self-esteem and make you feel really worthy right, inside. So right. I, I definitely do that. It's a little weird when you first start. start yeah, because it feels uncomfortable. But yeah, once and you... then doing power stances too to yeah. feel more confident. Yeah. So those are all really great things to do. Um, so driven to distraction, according to NYPD, texting or talking on mobile devices is an ever-increasing problem. Mm-hmm. Despite the dangers of distracted drivers responsible for significant a significant percentage of road traffic accidents, mm-hmm. injuries, and fatalities. Yes. Um, so this has obviously increasingly gotten worse since this book has been written. You know, they've installed, you know, Bluetooth into the, the um, so cars now. So it's it easier. It'll read your text messages yeah. and you can respond. So they've, they've tried to kind of combat the issue, but, you know, those obviously are still happening. You know, there's been so many times where I'm driving and I see someone looking at their phone, mm-hmm. swerving all over the road. I've literally seen someone watching a basketball game on their iPad while they were driving. So I was like, this is, you know, getting, yeah, Mm -hmm. getting out of control. But um, it's really important to put your phone away while you're driving or set away an away message. Mm -hmm. If you want to take a call, use Bluetooth. Um, One thing that really helps me is actually just putting my phone in my purse. Because once it's in your like visible line of sight, you have that addiction to Mm want to just keep it you know, pick it up. Um, so having it out of your sight is definitely like just, it just makes you not pick it up. I need to work on that too, because a lot of times, I mean, I do have navigation in my Lexus, but I'll have my phone cause I love the app ways. And so I'll have it on my phone and I'll put it on my little stand to see it. But yeah, yeah, I like the idea of being able to put it in your purse and just have it completely away. Yeah. And that's going to be like our next little subtopic here. So are you on Mm self-distract? One of the signature traits of the digital world is that it fragments our intention. Mm -hmm. So we were talking about this in our last episode, but every notification that um, you get actually takes your brain 20 minutes to get back to the level of focus that you were in before you were distracted. That is so crazy, yeah. statistic. So, <laughs> I know. So, emphasize monotasking. Put your phone out of sight. Out of sight, <laughs> yeah, out of mind. Exactly. Studies show that even having your phone in your sight can be distracting as we suffer from this thing called phantom text syndrome, which is constantly wanting to mindlessly pick up your phone and mm-hmm. check for notifications. Yeah. Yes, that's a huge one. I need to. I definitely need to take these into account and yeah, start focusing. Yeah. I remember one time, so going back to the other one we were talking about driving in distractions, I remember I was in college and I was texting at a light, but mm-hmm. it, I was stopped and this guy next to me was beeping and he's like pointing. He's like, no, you're <laughs> getting I'm like, mad at you. I'm like, I'm going to put this away. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. Ooh, online dating. This is a big one. (laughs) So it definitely has an impact on the number of young adults not wanting to get married, Mm -hmm. which is sad. So one of these consequences of having permanently available and receptive online pool of potential partners has been um, to reduce the number 
of like in particularly men who are committed to getting married because it's like you go on a date and you're like oh that's okay yeah and you go home and you yeah you, know, you could just swipe There's exactly right you're always looking for the, of yeah. fish in the sea it's probably like an addiction of always looking for the next best thing mm-hmm. and this form of online supermarket has created less of a need for long-term relationships as replacement partners are permanently available on tap like it's it's sad but that's really like kind of how it goes so um there's been like an increase in catfishing i know there's Mm. been an increase in like scammers yeah yeah Yeah. and you know i even watched like a whole documentary on i think it was um it was one of the dating websites that you actually pay for and you know there's lots of like sketchy people that use those to Mm -hmm. um even just like prey on other women because you know yeah so there's lots of things to look out for for that like Mm -hmm. I mean I know there's lots of good relationships that have come from online dating but I would say if you were going to do online dating and you do make a match with someone um to stay you know keep that communication open Mm -hmm. and then once you guys get to a point where you want to be exclusive delete the apps um And then for women, you know, or guys even too, you know, just don't let it affect your Mm self-esteem. I feel like there's so many girls that I know that have been on these dating apps that get um, negative upset upset Mm -hmm. because, you know, one day the guy's talking to them and then, then, you know, they don't hear from them for a while. And I know everyone's busy, but um, if they don't hear from them and like they move on to the next person, Mm -hmm. it becomes this, you know, kind of traumatic experience for them where they start to feel like their worth and self-worth isn't as high Mm -hmm. as it should be. But it's, it's really not that it's just that again some of these people can be addicted to that chase of the next best thing and it's really not having anything to do with your self-worth or value exactly and so I think it's important when you are using these dating apps to you know know and be very specific on what you're looking for and know who you are so you can attract that yeah you know, be willing to really get to know someone to yeah. see if they can be a potential fit for you. Yeah, and get to know yourself first because you yes, need to know you, that yes. before you That's know what you're looking for. Yes. Yeah, know what you want. It's huge. Yeah. So, um, there, this was a cool part of the book. It was said that love needs five senses. We are mm-hmm. cre- we are all creatures of five powerful senses: smell, touch, hearing, taste, sight. The digital world privileges us only one of these: the visual. Mm-hmm. This is leading to all kinds of problems and how we relate to other people and ourselves so again that just comes to you know our perception of ourselves wanting to be perfect mm-hmm. um and then again like you know you're putting these pictures online that are really you know photoshopped or this or that the person meets you in real life and you're then like, they feel disappointed yes. like mm-hmm. you know trying to live as your authentic self and like meeting people in the real world like is obviously you know the best option I know that things have changed so much since this book was written um but still like this is all very applicable yeah yeah and you know just when you are in a relationship um hearing that person's voice giving them a phone call Mm -hmm. um, facetiming yeah exactly um you know feeling their touch even like just the way they smell it just makes such a big Mm -hmm. difference in your and that's um, a love language physical touch a lot of people need that yeah um i want to go into a topic of 
just how to combat a lot of this, right? So um, how to live mindfully in a digital world. And, you know, some things you can implement into your daily routine are meditation, Mm -hmm. yoga, mindfulness. um, You know, you can implement digital detoxing and the art of slow, you know, just slowing down. Focusing on one thing at a time. Disconnecting and then finally reconnecting. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm on day two where I haven't been scrolling and I'm starting to feel more focused, less irritable. Um, I'm actually feeling a lot more self-worth. Yeah. And, um, you know, you got to start small. So there's a couple different ways to start your digital detoxes, especially if you have been addicted to your phones for yes. so long. Journaling um, is a huge one. I love yeah. doing that, getting your emotions out. Yeah. So um, starting small, like taking 30 minutes to engage in activity, like journaling, meditation, talking, reading, uninterrupted Mm -hmm. um and then slowly moving from there you know to disabling your notifications for an hour to two hours to four hours and then eventually going to like a full day or a Mm -hmm. 48 hour weekend um one of the things I have uh, like as a goal for myself is to actually take like a a full weekend where I don't look at my phone um I mean I'm at almost 48 hours now but I like want to go like maybe camping do like a retreat or Mm -hmm. something um and then maybe one day eventually get up to a week because I wow. feel like my mind would just be completely on a different mm-hmm. level if I got that far yes. so couldn't agree more yep and so that goes to something we touched upon in our last episode too but getting an alarm clock if you have trouble staying away from your phone in bed that's such a huge one yeah because honestly you know the um quality of your sleep is going to change too. The more you're bringing your phone in your mm-hmm. bedroom with you, you're just going to start to train your mind that like restless sleep and looking at your phone is like a part of your daily mm-hmm. routine when your bedroom really should just be designated to get rest. Exactly. So, um, yeah. And you really need that deep REM sleep. So if you're not getting that, yeah, the next one's pretty cool. So, um, I have this habit since I was younger and I got my first digital phone or um, digital camera that I love to take pictures. Mm-hmm. You know, I like photography or whatever, but sometimes I'm aware that that stops me from being in the moment because I'm constantly trying to yes. dig- like capture Taking videos. Yeah, yeah capture that moment versus living through the moment. So this one was interesting. So you can pretend to take a picture with your mind of something that you want to remember mm-hmm. and then put like a frame around it, like frame it in your mind and it's supposedly supposed to help you memorize the memory a lot better so that you can recall it versus having to always get that picture on your mm-hmm. phone or that as like well that. it's like if you're trying to take a picture of a moment use all of your senses so do that picture like you were saying yeah. but what do you set what do you see what do you smell what, what are you, you tasting what are you yeah. Ta- yeah it's yeah. huge oh. that will really help captivate that memory for you yeah I'm definitely going to try to implement that more because mm-hmm. I think that that would be really really cool mm-hmm. um, especially just like you know being in the moment and like being able to experience things that way yes All right. And then um, in the box. So this is a good one to create a designated space for your smartphone while you're taking a break from it, which I actually want to do. So I want to kind of get like a little like um, wooden box or something, Mm -hmm. decorate it and put it somewhere because there's so many times too that I feel we put our phones down. We have no idea where it is. (laughs) We have no idea where it is. Or they're in our hand. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, as much as we're attached to it, then there's that other portion of the day where you're, you 
you know, um, spending time looking for it and mm -hmm. freaking out because you can't find it. So having a designated spot to lock it away when you're like, say, I'm going to, all right, I'm going to do the dishes for 10 minutes. I'm going to put my phone in that box. I'm not going to look at it. Yes. So it's out of your sight. Mm -hmm. It's not distracting you and you know where it is. Exactly. I feel like that almost also will help you um, detach from it because it creates the security of like knowing where it is and knowing it's not going anywhere exactly. too. Exactly. I love that. All right. Well, um, we've run 35 minutes here, so I think it's time to wrap it up. Um, but if you enjoyed this episode, please give us a like. And if a you review want, would be amazing too. A review would be amazing too. And if you are liking what we're talking about, our topics, we're going to be sharing more. Um, so if you want to subscribe to hear more from us, we would really appreciate that. And until next time, we're sending you love and light. So much love and light. Have an amazing day.